0: Hello, welcome back to the LDS study session with Come, Follow Me. I'm your host as always, Matthew Roberts, and we are continuing our study of January the 27th to February the 2nd, 1st Nephi 16 to 22. I will prepare the way before you. And we are now going to move into the next section. Uh, I know we haven't really covered their journey to the promised land yet, but this will come up in this section as well, uh, across the ocean. In 1st Nephi chapter 16 to 10 to 16, uh, 23 to 20, 31, and chapter 18 verses 11 to 22, the Lord guides me through small and simple things. And of course, if you are joining us for the first episode and have no clue who they are that I'm talking about, of course, I'm referring to Lehi and his family. Um, we'll begin uh, with First 1 Nephi 16.10, which kind of kicks off this whole uh, experience to begin with. It says, and it came to pass that, as my father arose in the morning and went forth to the tent door to his great astonishment, he beheld upon the ground a, gr- a round ball of curious workmanship, and it was of the of fine brass and within the ball were two spindles, and the one pointed the way whither we should go in the wilderness. Now there's a couple of uh, points I want to make out here. First of all, that he arises out of his tent, and you'll notice uh, through this experience and all the experiences that Nephi and his family have through this first book of Nephi that Lehi's tent, or or the tents, are kind of a narrative point that hinges to the next part of the story. So previously, it was about Nephi talking to his brethren, trying to convince them or trying to persuade them to listen to the promptings of the Spirit about the vision that their father had spoken to them, spoken to them. Uh, but now we moved back to Lehi's tent and we are now moving to the next part of the story. Uh, it's like a narrative device that is used. And I may have mentioned that before, but it is quite interesting to point out. Secondly, obviously, we have this round ball. As we know, it's called the Hona, uh, but we don't learn this until later in the Book of Alma. Uh, and so this round ball or director, as it's sometimes called, uh, is obviously a, a miracle. It's clearly uh, something which is is being worked on by the Lord. I have heard some uh, discussions or points made about it being some sort of ancient device, like an astrolabe or something like that. And whilst that is interesting to consider, it is without doubt uh, a device that is kind of just directed by the hand of the Lord, uh, that it is one of those small and simple things that helps the Lord deliver his people. Uh, What's in, what I've always found interesting is that there are two spindles on this, on this liahona, and I am going to call it a liahona. Um, and why, you know, if one of them uh, pointed to where they should go, um, where, where was the other one? What was the purpose of the other one? And I suppose that um, it was just, again, one of those things that the Lord had intended or the Lord was, knew was necessary uh, to help them. One potential use of it was that both of these these spindles would point to the way where they should go, but of course, to to help them to know that the Lord, you know, was behind it and meant them to go that way. Uh, one of the spindles would point the one way to go, and then the other would would align up with it as well, showing that it's not just random chance, but actually this is the way that the Lord requires them to go, uh, and that and so therefore they wouldn't be lost. Uh, in April 2012, in a talk called that The Lost May Be Found, uh, M. Russell Ballard said this, quote, I think I know why Lehigh was greatly astonished when, the, when he first saw it, because I remember my reaction when I first saw and witnessed a GPS unit. In my mind, it was a modern-day device of curious workmanship. Somehow, in some way, I can't even imagine, this little device, right in my phone, can pinpoint exactly where I am and tell me exactly how to get where I want to go. For both my wife, Barbara, and me, the GPS is a blessing. For Barbara, it means she doesn't have to tell me to stop and ask for directions. And for me, it, it means I can be right when I say I don't need to ask anyone. I know exactly where I'm going. Now, brothers and sisters, we have available to us a tool even more remarkable than the best GPS. Everyone loses his or her own, her way at some point, to some degree. It is through the promptings of the Holy Ghost that we can be brought safely back onto the right path. And it is the atoning sacrifice of the Savior that can return us home, close quote. The Liahona is obviously a, a parallel to what things that we have today to guide us. Uh, just written in my scripture, there's a couple of them. There's obviously the Holy Ghost, as uh, President Ballard, Ballard mentions there. Uh, but there's also patriarchal blessings, which they've been referred to as well. Uh, and I guess the key features of that Liahona is that it, it kind of changes the direction or changes its meaning or changes its... Um, path to keep you on the Straits and narrow through the, through the simple, small and simple ways that the Lord has. It reminds me of a, an experience we I had with the GPS just this week. Uh, on Monday, uh, myself, my head, my head teacher and, and deputy head teacher, uh, went to go visit a couple of schools in York just to kind of uh, draw upon some ideas, get some ideas for some good practice. And learn from those two schools, and obviously to get there we used a sat nav. Uh, long long gone are the days that we have a map. In fact, my class uh, last week we we t- I taught a lesson about m- maps and about how they. Uh, how we use maps and what you know what we can see on maps and how and how we can use them to find our way, and they were absolutely transfixed. They were amazed, and a couple of uh, kids later the next day said that their goal for twenty twenty was to learn more about maps, which is amazing as a teacher uh, to 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 be able to have that impact. But um, yeah, maps you know require us to kind of direct ourselves, but a GPS is obviously greater the fact that it directs you. Uh, just like this Leah Hoda did. And we were traveling to York and uh, we were g- going to go on the motorway, but then this GPS suggested different route uh, because obviously the traffic that was uh, present on the present route. And so we went off that track and we, you know, if we had not had the GPS and we went the route that we went on, we would have certainly been lost at some point. But we carried on through and got to our destination quite sa- safely with very little, um, you know, stopping on the way. Uh, and it was a very useful tool, such as the case of the Liahona. It directed them, as we can read, uh, to the places they were required to go. Um, in verse 13, it says, And in the space, and it came to pass that we traveled for the space of four days, nearly a south south east direction, and we did pitch our tents again, and we did call the name of this place Shazer. Now, this is interesting. So this is another example of a place that uh, Nephi and his family, or Lehi and his family, uh, n- coined the name of themselves. And this place of Shazer uh, is interesting because the na- the word Shazer uh, has been linked to a word uh, in Hebrew. I believe it's Hebrew. Uh, and it is a clump of trees. a, sh- a, sh- a Shazer, which is spelt S-H-A-J-A-R, but is pronounced Shazer, uh, is called, uh, is the name for a clump of trees. And well, a group of trees in the desert. That's where they would go next. And they, and they camped in the place called Shazer, Shazer, which is called the trees. Again, you know, the prophet Joseph Smith wouldn't have known that Shazer meant a group of trees. But as we read in verse uh, 16, it says and we did follow the directions of the ball which led us in the more fertile parts of the wilderness so you can see that this Leahona would have guided them through small simple means just to the next fertile place in the desert so this family could make it through uh, and not you know have need of the things which they required to survive um, what is interesting as well is that this Leahona and the lord directed this family through the fertile parts of the wilderness. What we need to remember is that, yes, this means that they were provided for and delivered from death, certainly uh, traveling through a wilderness. However, uh, they were still required to travel through a wilderness. And so we can learn from this story that whilst the Lord will help and prompt and guide us through, he won't take away our suffering and 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 our trials or temptations. The wilderness is still a wilderness. It is still a hard journey. But the Lord will guide you through the fertile parts if you keep close to that Holy Ghost, to that prompting, or those promptings which can guide you through the more fertile parts of that wilderness journey. This leahona also comes into use when they are looking for that uh, food which, we, which they couldn't find, which we've discussed already, but also when they uh, come to the, the journey across the sea on the boat which they have created or built from the, what we discussed yesterday. Now, in chapter eighteen, obviously it talks about this this journey, and Nephi, uh, Nephi is tied up by Laman and Lemuel, and there is argument and discord in the family. So, of course, the Leahona stops working, and they get lost uh, for the space of four days on the on the sea, and it looks like that they are about to uh, lose their lives. They're going to be capsized, and so they they decide then to repent. Uh, in verse sixteen, Nephi has been released, uh, and he's very you know he's been hurt. His uh, his uh, his ankles are swollen. Uh, his wrists are swollen, but in verse 16 of chapter 18 it says, nevertheless I did look unto my God and I did praise him all the day long and I did not murmur against the Lord because of mine afflictions. And I think that it would have been very easy for Nephi to do this. It would have been so easy for him to have a grumble and a moan. I can imagine in my situation I would have been so annoyed. Just, I would have just been so frustrated at my brothers uh, for four days having been tied up on this boat which is obviously going through some troubles because they are fearing for their lives I am on the top of this boat tied up to it so I mean even if the boat capsizes I'm stuck because I can't move you know and obviously the, the pain of this, the swollen wrists and ankles you now it just would have been so easy just to have had a grumble and a, and a moan not even necessarily at the Lord although you know it would have also been justifiable I guess that you know to say why has he allowed me to go through this just, just as the prophet Joseph Smith did in Liberty Jail but uh, Nephi doesn't, and in verse 16, uh, we read uh, that it says that he praised him all the day long and didn't murmur. Uh, in, in April 1989, in a talk called Adversity and the Divine Purpose of Mortality, uh, Ronald E. Polman said this, quote, Adversity in the lives of the obedient and faithful may be a, the consequence of disease, accidental injury, ignorance, or the influence of the adversary. To preserve free agency, the Lord also at times permits the righteous to suffer the consequences of evil acts by others. Some may respond to such innocent suffering with resentment, anger, bitterness, doubt, or fear. Others, with a knowledge and testimony of the divine plan of salvation, often respond with faith, patience, and hope born of that peace which passeth all understanding. Close quote. Because of this humility, because of this attitude, uh, the, the, the directors began to work again. Uh, in verse 21, it says, And it came to pass, after they had loosed me, behold, I took the compass, and it did work whither I desired it. And it came to pass that I prayed unto the Lord, and after I prayed, the wind ceased, did cease, and the storm did cease, and there was great calm. Again, the great trials of our lives can be succumbed, can be overcome by the Lord, and, and us putting ourselves before him and asking for that help in humility. Uh, and so through those small and simple means, the Lord did bring great things through. Uh, thank you for listening today. Once again, we've gone just over, but I'm glad that you that you've borne with us. Uh, I hope that you've enjoyed the study and learned something from it. If you wish to uh, to contact me and share anything that you've been studying, I'd love to hear you at Roberts 90 on Twitter, or please email ldsstudysession at gmail.com for your thoughts. I'd love to share some on a future podcast. Thank you for your time and for listening and until we meet again.